Welcome to another very special episode of the KBB Review Podcast, all about the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2023. In these bonus shows, we're hearing from some of our 2023 judges and finalists and getting to know them and their stories ahead of the big ceremony in Cardiff on Thursday, April the 20th. In this episode, we meet an experienced hand and a rising star. We have Phil Beechinor from Alexander's in Worthing. They're up for Installation Company of the Year. And then Rosie Proto from Pier 1 Bathrooms in in Brighton. She's in the running for Rising Star of the Year, the award for those under 30 making a big impact in their business. And if you want to know how big an impact she's having, she's also a finalist in the Bathroom Designer of the Year project cost up to £10,000 category. My esteemed colleague Chris Franklin from KBB Review is talking to them in just a moment. But here's the quick caveat though, just because they're on the podcast doesn't mean they've won. We're just all about the interesting stories on here. A huge thanks, as always, to our awards podcast partner for 2023, Sonas Bathrooms. They're very generously supporting these special shows, so you have them to thank for making them happen. If you're unfamiliar with Sonas Bathrooms, then they're a very successful Irish company who have just launched themselves over here in the UK with their great range of stylish products for independent retailers. So go over to sonasbathrooms.co.uk to find out everything you want to know about them. So now, over to Chris, Phil and Rosie. Hi, I'm Chris Franklin, and today I'm talking to not one, but two of our finalists for the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2023. First, we have Rosie Proto, a designer and showroom manager at Pier 1 Bathrooms in Brighton. And she's in running for two awards, Kitchen Designer of the Year, Project Cost Up to £10,000, and also Rising Star Award. Then we have Phil Beechinor, Managing Director of Alexander in Worthing, they won Installation Company of the Year in 2022, and they're in the running for that again. So, let's start with Rosie. Can you tell me, how does it feel to be a finalist in not just one, but two awards? Yeah, really happy. It's nice to look forward to the event as well and, yeah, have the design up. Because I do so many designs, so it's so great to actually have an award, for, hopefully, for one of them. What made you go in for both? Maybe that's a silly question, but I'll ask it anyway. I actually only entered the bathroom one myself because I do so many and I just loved this one. When the photos came out of it, we got so much on like social media about it. So I thought it's hard when you do your own designs. I don't really love them as much, but when I get a lot of feedback from them, I realise that it must have been quite a popular one. And then Stephanie Warner, the director here, she actually put me in for the Rising Star one. So I didn't know anything about that one until someone told me that I was up for that one. So that was a really nice surprise. And she actually wrote something really sweet. Yeah, I was looking at the submission. I'll, I may read out what she said about you just a little later. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Over to Phil, not perhaps a rising star, but I think a star who has already risen to the top of his own company there, MD at Alexander. Another nomination for you, Installation Company of the Year. That must be very gratifying for all those at, at your company working at the sharp end of KBB installation. Oh, it is. Um, it is very rewarding to be recognised. We put a lot of effort into our installation side and marketing that we do, sort of a one-stop shop and to actually be recognised and to be fortunate enough to win last year and um, be recognised this year again is very exciting. I mean, what was the reaction generally like at the company when you found out you won last year? Oh, last year we were absolutely thrilled to bits. We're very, very proud of what we've achieved and we're 
continuing to build off that. I mean, not a lot of people know, of course, that uh, although you're a retailer you're with two stores, selling kitchens and bathrooms, the installation company is entirely separate. And in fact, it's where you started out, isn't it, Phil? It is. It tends to be the marketing. We obviously, rather than um, trade as Alexander for the product and master fit for the installation, our customers tend to like it that Alexander's are all under one umbrella. And although I own Masterfit and I own Alexander's with another director, we still trade separately, but we do sell it as supplied and fitted under one roof. So I think if we were to separate it and then we have to have separate paperwork and separate contracts, it would look a little bit awkward. So that's why we call ourselves Alexander's, but Masterfit is totally separate. And then at least the customer doesn't get confused because they're dealing with the same people the whole way through the complete process. That's right. Uh, Rosie, I did say that I, uh, I might bring up what Steph said. And she, in fact, gave you a very glowing endorsement that PL1 would not be what it is today without you. What do you feel that you, you bring to Pier 1 on a day-to-day basis? From the beginning, I have been in here, so I have helped it from the beginning, really. So I'm quite lucky that my family are installers, so my brother and my dad, and, and that's where I've learned a lot of it from, if I'm honest. So my brother is a massive support to me in here, so I always had a lot of people that could help me on the on the way. But yeah, I've been here from day one, so... Steph is quite new to the business. She wasn't working here. So she's only just started here full time now. So I don't think she realized how much I did until she started. So I think that's why she was so impressed and saw that the rising star thing and thought, actually, I didn't realize how much I'd done in here. Yeah, well, showroom manager is quite a responsibility, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it was a new business uh, three years ago, I think it is now. You're starting it from scratch, literally, where all the deliveries go, employees. I was on here on my own. so. And what was your uh, background design before you joined? It was, yes. I had two years before for bathrooms, but then actually my background before that was I was designing. I was, ten, I was a makeup artist for five years, so it was my brother who kept pushing me to do bathrooms. I used to always go to site with my brother and dad and see what like, they were doing, and I just had an eye for it. Well, Phil, uh, having an installer kind of background, having installations in the family, as Rosie was saying, it's quite important, isn't it? Because installations and the installers are at a final touch point with a customer, aren't they? No, it is. I mean, and obviously my background, I, I was an installer for 15 years prior to getting into sales and then eventually getting into retail. And I'm sort of primarily, I'm more onto the sales side these days. And, and as you well know, Warwick, Hopley looks after the day-to-day running of Masterfit. The ethos of, of Alexander's comes from my background as an installer and recognising um, I worked for quite a prestigious company when I first started out, and yeah, it just carried through. And, and obviously you must feel, therefore, that designers need to have a, a complete understanding of the installation process and the challenges, and presumably that's something that you instill in them during their training. Well, not all designers and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, Rosie will recognise this. They do like their niches, these bathroom designers and the extra work that goes into the tiling in the different shapes and sizes and different patterns. Tilers. 
herringbone. So it's knowing what your capabilities are. And as as again, Rosie will recognise, you know, when you get into wet rooms, when you get into drainage, when you get into certain more of the technical side of it, it's good that the designer and the installation side work together so that they can fulfil what they've sold. And obviously my background, I'm, I'm fully aware of, what we can and what we can't do but not all designers are they design something that is a little bit tricky and what do you say about that rosie do you you try and challenge your installers so when i started bathrooms quite a few years ago my dad made me actually rip out a bathroom with him so he did four weeks on this project and he said you need to actually work with me for the whole month to see it from start to finish so it was a really good way of learning what actually they face, whether they've got concrete walls, if they've got concrete floors, things like that. And my whole family are in the trades. Even my partner's an electrician and we're doing our house up at the moment. And even now he explains to me what the materials of the walls are. So it definitely helps knowing a bit about that. And still now I might ring up my dad and be like, what does this mean on a boiler? So it, (laughs) it is really helpful to have the background and of course you're in an in-between position in a sense your customer comes in they have an idea of what they want what they would like to achieve and to an extent you have to mitigate that either make it happen or turn them to something that's actually possible within the physical limitations of their room yeah exactly so when we go to site we get always asked about a low profile shower tray and a lot of the times it's possible but around Brighton you've got a lot of old buildings so it might not be possible with the drainage so when we go there we'll explain we can see it um, and then we try and say yes it is possible but you might have to have a step if there's something to do with the wastage so we try and give them everything they they want but obviously you just never know sometimes until you rip it out. Indeed. And uh, I feel I imagine you've had a lot of experience of, of that sort of thing. Definitely. And, and obviously, we're not a million miles away from um, Rosie. We get over to Brighton and Hove. And like you say, you've got a lot of flats, a lot of old buildings, people's expectations of wet rooms and high pressure showers. And they might not have the water pressure. They might not have the fall on the shower. They, you know, their expectations, they need to be recognised. And it's up to the the designer in the first instance and to, to be capable of knowing what you can and can't do rather than selling a dream and there's nothing worse than getting on site and saying oh no you can't have that and Rosie's dead right the first question is they want a low profile shower tray they want it down on the floor and just sometimes that's not physically possible and it's knowing that I think Rosie's hit the nail on the head I mean she's been with her family and they've taught her what you can and can't do and you're always learning. There's new products coming out all the time. There's different things, different ways you can install, whether it be kitchens, bathrooms. There's high-powered appliances coming out. That um, We had an instance we were involved in borer, and obviously you need plumbing to that, electrics to that, waste to that, and it's just understanding what you need and what you, what you have to do. I suppose that's one blessing, at least, Rosie. You don't have to worry about fitting appliances in but there are other challenges aren't there in terms of some of the more exotic products that clients may have a hankering for yes it's always changing but so a lot of the clients that we get are a a mix really we don't get too many that want high tech stuff because sometimes the more technology i always think the more that goes wrong 
How did you choose the final projects that you were going to put in for the project cost up to 10000 What attracted you to that design? Why, why was that the one? I started working with a, a local company in Brighton. It's a, a micro cement company, so it wasn't actually tiling in this one. There was a little bit, but we worked with them and it was so impressive. We're actually putting some micro cement up in the showroom at the moment, but I don't always love my own designs. I, I think because I work on them for so for a little while and stuff I'm never impressed by what I do but then we put it out on social media and we got so many people asking about near enough every item that was in the design and then I actually put it on my own like social media and my friends and family were just like texting me all about it so I kind of felt that it looked quite good obviously micro cement isn't an everyday thing and it was fun working with the client she actually had quite a nice style it's always good when the styles are kind of what you in that like as well so that was kind of why why I put it on there just because we had so much on social media on Instagram especially on um, Pier 1 Bathroom's um, Instagram account so it was more what people thought of it. And you say moving away from tiling that seems to be quite a popular trend these days. Yeah so sometimes you get the boards the shower wall boards but sometimes they can be just as expensive as tiles but micro cement is quite a niche thing really so it's quite newish to the area I think it's not as expensive as people think because obviously you get the tiles per meter and then you actually need a tiler and nowadays a tiler has gone up so much you seem always to be the fussiest so especially when you do niches and if you do herringbone you might as well look at doing micro cement it's probably near enough the same price have you had any experience of, of using that fill in any of your bathrooms no, I haven't. No, it's every day is a school day, as they say. <laughs> because we employ three or four tilers, we tend to sway them that way. Obviously, like Rosie said, we get involved in shower panels. We deal with Aquabella that do a, a cement-based product that suit that ties in the colourways with their shower trays. So we feel that that ticks most of the boxes. And obviously, you sell to your your strengths, don't you? Sometimes, so if you're if you've got the facility, and as you know, we employ a majority of our staff, so I've got to keep three tilers busy. Obviously, we do flooring as well. So, no, it's not something that we've, we've really ventured into. Question for Rosie, I think. A showroom manager at Pier 1, what would you say it is that you enjoy most about your job? interacting with the customers so because I'm right by the door it's quite a big showroom here so just it's so nice to interact with the customers day to day we are quite a tight team in here we are all get on really well I, who I work with Lily I've, I've known her actually from college so weirdly we've crossed paths again which is great and we've got Leanne Emily my sister actually works here as well it's quite a family team in here I guess the nice thing is that the reaction you you get at the end from a satisfied customer Yes, we go from the start to the end. So we would design someone's project and and sign off at the end. So we don't just let it go once we you've bought your products, even if it is their own installer or like our recommended. We do go to site and try and go once a week and then we sign off at the end. So it's always nice to see hopefully a happy customer and also see your project come to life from your design to your install as well. Absolutely. It's that whole creative process, isn't it? There's something tangible to show at the end of the day. Yeah, and it all completed. And especially when even I, still I've been doing it for so long, I'm at the end, I'm like, God, it really does just look like that design. So it is quite, it, it's still 
like wows me. I'm like, oh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, same question to you, Phil. Then, what gives you the biggest kick in doing your job at Alexander? Very difficult because we're sort of multifaceted with kitchens, bathrooms, bedrooms, and we deal with contractors. So, but it's still, I think the buzz of you know a nice order fulfilling the customer's dream, and at the end of the day, we do the same. We do a, a, a final visit. We take a bottle of something to visit the customer, and then we take photographs. We've actually got a photographer that does a lot of our photography work for us, and actually just getting just the pat on the back to say your team's done a good job and and, and being recognised by like the likes of the KBB. I've been in this industry for 35 years and to be recognised is very rewarding indeed. Brings me around to another question. What would you say to all those people who have thought about entering the KBB Review Awards but have just not really had the confidence to carry it through? What would your advice to them be? Rosie, what would you say? I would just say go for it. It's, the only thing is it's quite a lot of written work, like writing, and I don't like the writing. Obviously, I love all designing, but it is worth it. Like even just hearing it on your podcast that we, um, like my name, and I was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Even if I don't win, I'm just so happy that I, because obviously I've been shortlisted. So that is to me quite an achievement because I think I've entered once before on the design and I was a bit gutted because I was a bit like, oh, I did a lot of writing for that. But I definitely think it's worth it. Just being shortlisted, I just feel that I'm just really happy with that, if I'm honest. It's a good achievement. And Phil, what, what would you say to someone humming and whoring as to whether they should actually do it? You've got to be in it to win it. And especially on a lot of the social media, it's fantastic for marketing and I'd recommend it to anybody. What would you say that awards like this do for your business? It's been a revelation. Very Just the event itself is very well run. It's a very prestigious event. It's always nice to get dressed up and to meet serious players within the industry and to meet, coming up, we were sat on the table with Rosie a couple of years ago, I think in Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we were, so it's nice to meet people, new faces, and then once you are fortunate, and even if you don't win, just to be nominated, just to be having conversations like this is great. And I think whether it be an installation award, a design award, anything is you're you're now an award-winning company. So it's great for marketing. It was good to see Pier One, which of course won new bathroom reseller of the year, Rosie. Yeah, yeah, that was massive. We were so happy with that because especially we were so new and we had the COVID, we'd been through so much and worked so hard. So to have that, I think everyone will probably remember me running down with my hands in the air when we won. Funny you should mention that, yes. (laughs) I was sat on that table. I witnessed that. (laughs) (laughs) That was brilliant. My sister was watching it live and she recorded it. She was like, I'm not going to... You're not going to live that one down. But yeah, we were buzzing. We we worked really hard. We were. It, it was massive for us. We, it just it just really showed how much work hard work we'd put in and stuff. For and it was brilliant. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a good awards evening that and yeah, uh, really and really it, it remains now just for me to say thank you very much to the both of you for joining me to to talk about this and uh, well I'll I'll be seeing you both at the awards ceremony in Cardiff on April the twentieth. Yeah, look forward to it. Well, thank you. Thanks so much.